Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that got dominated by Ohio State. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who drove through McDonald's instead of Raisin Cane's after the Husker game on Saturday. Oh, man, I was so jealous when you strolled in with that Raising Cane's bag. That's me, Ryan Newman. Yeah, really kind of eased the pain of that loss. Yeah, that made it hurt more worse for me. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm also joined <laughs> by the other brother who was in heaven at Runza this weekend. That is true. I loved it. That was me, Trey Newman. All right, before we get into that Ohio State beatdown of Nebraska this weekend, we've got a couple of five-star reviews to get to. So go ahead, Ryan. Okay, our first one is from uh, Stella Tunger. Uh, Your podcast is the best I have ever listened to. You should also be the guest picker for College Game Day at Nebraska. That is absolutely right. We should. I mean, we're way more famous than uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabby Union. Come on. Yeah, who are they? I don't even know. Yeah, never heard of them. All right, what's the next review, Trey? Yeah, we got one from Kenny Pickett's number one fan. Best part of Tuesdays. These guys are awesome, very insightful, and cover all aspects of college football, not just the top teams. Best part is they have my kind of humor and seem like good guys who you'd want to grab a beer with. My only complaint is they're only on once a week. Keep up the great work. From Sam, P.S. Go Pit. All right. Thank you very much for that review. Let's get straight into the week five recap now, and we'll start, unfortunately, Ohio State at Nebraska. Ohio State did pretty much everything they wanted. They won 48 to 7, and they're incredible, obviously. We're going to talk about them a bunch this season. They are clearly a legit playoff threat, legit threat to to win it all, really. So um, I want to focus more, I guess, on Nebraska here because this might be our last chance to talk about them. They look like they're headed for a six and six season, so can't imagine we'll talk about them too much. But Trey, give us a brief breakdown of the game and where we're at with the program right now. Yeah, I mean, the the score itself, 48-7, was very indicative of what happened. It was just a complete blowout. Nebraska had no answers. Ohio State dominated every statistic across the board. It it really was a clinic. You know, the atmosphere was great. Actually, Trey, they didn't didn't dominate uh, punting yards, as as (laughs) Fo Pelini pointed out. At least we had had that going. Yeah. But uh, the atmosphere was great. The hoopla was great. But come game time, Ohio State. They handled it like business and they rolled, you know, now, like you said, Michael, seeing them in person, I mean, easily a playoff team and based solely on what they've done so far, they have a legit claim to being number one right now for whatever that's worth. Yeah. But, uh, but as far as Nebraska is concerned, you know, it might be easy to overreact and say the sky is falling, but I'm not going to do that yet. You know, yeah, there are ways away from where they want to be and probably farther than what most of us anticipated at this point. But I got to look at it glass half full and say Frost inherited very little. You know, he's building it brick by brick. You know, over the weekend, they announced a new football facility. His recruits haven't even really started to play all that much. So there, there's still some time and it was never going to be a quick fix. Yeah, I mean, as you're watching the game and then immediately after, you're kind of freaking out and just thinking like, oh my gosh, is this like just not going to work out? But then you kind of just settle down a little bit and the doom and gloom goes away a little bit. And I'm kind of with you, Trey. You know, it's there's going to be some huge growing pains and maybe more than we probably realize, but we're still on the right track. So 
you just kind of didn't think we were uh, – the way Nebraska finished last year, you thought that there would be – we'd be a little further ahead right now. But it's we're still going on the right track, but just not as quickly as we had hoped. Yeah, and I think the – obviously, I echo all your sentiments. And I think the kind of the whole fan base does because, Ryan, we pointed out during the game that there were hardly any, uh, maybe none, uh, as far as boo birds during the game. Yeah, which, yeah. When you're, I mean, the way that first half went, losing 38 to nothing, just completely horrible, as bad as it could go. Most, I, I feel like a lot of fan bases would boo. And even yeah. even the Husker fan base, if it were Mike Riley, of course, would have booed. But right now, it's like, we got the coach we want. We, you know, we've put our faith in him. And and it's not like we want the, the quarterback to get benched or anything. It's kind of like, everything is the way we want it. We just, I guess, need to be patient, so... Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that was good to see that there was no boo birds because, I mean, it's what does that do? <laughs> How do? Who does that help? And to put a bow on, on our experience for the college football bros there, yes, the game was brutal, but it was really cool to see. And we stuck around for almost the entire game. And it was cool to see, you know, 90% of the fans stayed for at least 90% of the fans stayed for the entire game. So that was awesome. Yep. All right. Let's uh, move on to Clemson beating North Carolina 21 to 20. We we were able to watch the end of this game right before we walked into the stadium. And, of course, North Carolina failed on a, a two-point conversion to, well, maybe to win the game at the end. So are you guys concerned about Clemson's national championship hopes after this or just seeing it as, as a blip on the radar? I think it's definitely a blip on the radar. I, they still have a very legitimate chance to win the national championship, but I would definitely – the odds were going down. There's no doubt about that. Right. I mean, especially the way Cle- uh, the way Alabama's looked, the way Ohio State is looking. I don't think I'd put Clemson in my top two right now. So it doesn't really. It's a, I say it's a blip, but it is concerning. Yeah, I I probably still would have Clemson as the number two team as far as who I think's the best, not necessarily based on resume. Um, but that gap has definitely narrowed considerably since the the beginning of the season with the teams you mentioned plus. Uh, you know, Georgia, Oklahoma, I, I think that group behind them, I don't know if you brought up LSU, but that, no, group no. Behi- that group behind them, I think is really, really close. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm not overly concerned. And, you know, up until this point, they'd, they'd handled everyone on their schedule and, you know, all the, every good team every year has that unexpected team jump up and surprise them. You know, maybe they're not as dominant as we anticipated, but with their schedule, I'm still very confident that they'll be there come, come January. Yeah, and it's happened for Clemson. It's easy to make comparisons because it's happened to them in the past, right? With what Pitt uh, a couple years ago and Syracuse last year. Syracuse almost beat them last year. Syracuse did beat them, you know, a couple years ago. So I might have had the years wrong there, but you get what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. All right, let's get to the rapid recaps. Go ahead, Ryan. Okay, our first one I have here: Penn State at Maryland. Wow, this was a, a snoozer. Penn State just destroyed them, 59 to nothing. Been a pretty weird season right now for, for uh, Maryland already, and, but it kind of appears that they're just not very good. They only had 128 yards in this game. Not good. Penn State's 4-0 now, looking good. Next one's ASU at Cal. Arizona State was able to take advantage after the Cal quarterback, Chase Garbers, went out with a pretty brutal-looking uh, shoulder injury in the first half. Devin Modster filled in for him and just really struggled. Uh, but it was a good win, uh, nonetheless, for Arizona State, who's got a really good defense going. Uh, Duke at Virginia Tech. 
Wow. Uh, what's going on with your boy Fuente, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. It's looking bad. It's, I mean, 45 to 10. Uh, Quentin Harris had a great game for Duke. But yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, his, his time may be coming to an end there. It's, it's looking pretty bleak right now. Uh, moving on to Iowa State and Baylor. Baylor was up 20 to nothing going into the fourth quarter, just dominating. And then all of a sudden, Iowa State got hot. They ended up taking the lead 21 to 20 with just under four minutes left. But my boy Charlie Brewer led a clutch drive at the end of the game, uh, led to a game-winning field goal for Baylor. So Baylor is now 4-0. One step closer to the Big 12 championship. <laughs> yeah. We got a little <laughs> sweaty there at the end of that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one, Minnesota at Purdue. Uh, Gophers won this one 38-31, but of course the main storyline here is that uh, both Elijah Sindelar and Rondell Moore went out with injuries on the very same play uh, in the first quarter. Sindelar, it's a broken clavicle. Looks like it's going to be a, a, a year-long deal. Rondell Moore is a little more unclear. He he definitely won't play this week, and it's probably going to last a little longer. But it's a we don't know exactly the timetable. So, but it's it's starting to look like a lost year for them. They've had so many injuries, and just to their best players too. So yep, it's yep, tough. Not fair. Tough year for them. Uh, NC State at FSU Seminoles really took advantage of a couple of turnovers uh, and beat NC State thirty one thirteen. Uh, they had a good game from Alex Hornibrook, another your boy, another, your boy, know, Ryan. My boy, <laughs> another good game from him. Uh, this game, it was closer than the score indicated. They had like the same yardage, but there's just those turnovers. So, uh, but a good win for FSU. And then finally, I had Wazoo at Utah. Utes dominated the Cougs 38-13. Tyler Huntley bounced back after a kind of a rough game at uh, USC. He had a big game here. So Utes are back on track. Yeah, and uh, Mike Leach did not have kind words for his uh, his team after the no. game. No, yeah, no, not at all. Uh, Bama started slow, but ended up with an easy fifty nine thirty one win over Ole Miss. Devonta Smith, eleven catches, two hundred and seventy four yards, and five touchdowns. Wow, ridiculous! That's just insane. Yeah, that that passing offense is crazy. Uh, OU beat Texas Tech fifty five to sixteen. As always, nice performance from Jalen Hurts, um, but also the OU defense. Very good in this one. Auburn dominated Mississippi State 56-23. to I picked the wrong week to uh, start questioning Bo Nix because... <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, up until this point, he really hadn't had a, a great game statistically, at least through the air, but that's not the case anymore. 16 for 21, 335 yards and two touchdowns. He also added 56 yards and a touchdown on the ground, so... He's looking good, and as for Mississippi State, the fans are are not thrilled with Joe Moorhead so far. And yeah, it's, yeah, uh, rightfully so. Yeah, well, not not good. Uh, Wisconsin beat Northwestern twenty four to fifteen. The defense for Wisconsin continues to look incredible, but Jack Cohn and the offense didn't do much in this one. Four point seven yards per pass attempt, and the offensive line looked fairly human in this one, but got the W. Remain undefeated. Next game, Notre Dame beat Virginia 35-20. to Not a good performance from Ian Book, but the running game was solid, and most importantly, they won the turnover battle 5-1. to South Carolina, much-needed 24-7 victory against Kentucky. Man, Sawyer Smith is bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. What happened a lot there, worse. Man. Yeah, a lot worse than we thought. I think he went out with an injury in this one, too. So, yeah, not, not good for Kentucky this year. Uh, finally, Arizona got a 20-17 to win over UCLA with the freshman Grant Gunnell filling in for an injured Khalil Tate. So, nice win. All right, my first one is USC at Washington. Washington won this one 28-14. to 
Two things stand out to me regarding this game. One, Jimmy Lake does an incredible job with his defense, especially the secondary. You know, they're young and inexperienced, yet they really shut down the amazing SC receivers and had three interceptions. And number two, though, for the USC side, their defense actually played pretty well. They held Eason in check because he only had 180 yards. Um, Washington, really, they had a 90-yard rush play that, that really put them over the top, and the three USC turnovers proved costly. Texas A&M at Arkansas. Well, actually, this was on a neutral field in Jerry World. But A&M only won 31-27, to despite being a huge favorite. The game actually went back and forth, uh, but Kellen Mond and the Aggies had just enough to pull it out. Arkansas actually, at the very end, got down to the A&M 19, but couldn't punch it in for, for the win. Former A&M quarterback Nick Starkle ha- actually had to leave the game after getting injured, but Ben Hicks played pretty well coming coming in relief. Next one, Oklahoma State beat Kansas State 26-13. to The Pokes dominated. They got up 23-3 to after the third quarter. They had almost 300 more yards of offense than K-State. The player of the game was clearly Chuba Hubbard. He had 296 rushing yards on 25 carries. That's almost 12 yards per rush. That's crazy. Yeah, go check out on Instagram at College Football Bros, our Man Crush Monday. Absolutely. Indiana, Michigan State, the Spartans won this 40-31, to but they had to earn this one. Indiana tied it at 31 with two minutes remaining. Sparty drove down and made a field goal to go up 34-31 with five seconds left, and then they scored on a on a fumble on the last play of the game to win by nine. Lewerke, uh, he only completed 50% of his passes, but he, he did have 300 yards and three touchdowns. He also led them in rushing. Now, Indiana, they're clearly better team with Penix in there. He completed 78% of his passes, three touchdowns uh, against that great Spartan D. Delaware and Pitt. Didn't think we'd talk about this, but uh, I know Pitt was coming off the high of beating UCF, but they almost lost to Delaware here. They pulled it out 17-14. to They needed a fourth-quarter touchdown to do it. Uh, Nick Patty ended up being the Pitt quarterback as Kenny Pickett was nursing his shoulder injury. And he actually played pretty well in relief. Uh, so Pitt was able to force a couple turnovers and and get the W. And finally, Wake and Boston College. Wake built a 10-point lead in the fourth, and they held on 27-24. to These two teams combined for almost 1,000 yards of offense. Fourth bro, Jamie Newman, continued his great start to the year. He had 243 through the air, another 102 on the ground. And on third down, they went 17 of 24. So Wake improves to 5-0. and Great start. Yeah, good for them. Uh, okay, let's get to our segments. Our first one is an email question from Chuck H. He says, hey, bros, I am a huge Nebraska fan, born and raised in Colorado. I've never been to a Huskers game, and I've only been to Lincoln once in my life. Still, the memories of going to my grandparents' house every fall Saturday with everyone in my family dressed in red made such an impact on me that I will always be a Husker fan no matter how badly they get dominated by teams like Ohio State. I know you guys are from Seattle and live in California now, and I know that you also attended other colleges. So why are you Nebraska fans? Well, the the, the simple reason is because we were born there. Uh, all of us were born there. We moved away when we were pretty young, but uh, once you're born there, it's uh, you're pretty much just a lifer. And of course, so we have a ton of families still living there, and our our dad is really, really into it, so... Just learned at a very young age. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same story. Same story as uh, as you, Chuck. We just 
that was what our family did. So here we are. Yep. Um, all right. Very, very interesting answer from us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, that's what, what it is. What else are you going to say? It's the truth. All right. Let's get to uh, Rutgers. Rutgers is in the news. They fired Chris Ash. Obviously, we all agree that's a, a good move. It needed to be done. And there's been a lot of names thrown out already to replace him. Jim Levitt's come up, Butch Jones, even Joe Moorhead. But Football Scoop reported that Greg Schiano stepped down from the Patriots in the offseason because he caught wind that he would be the leading candidate to take over when Ash pretty much inevitably got fired. So obviously, we have no idea if that's true, but let's assume for the sake of conversation that they do hire um, Greg Schiano. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, back to chopping wood. You know, he would bring credibility, solid resume since leaving Rutgers and an understanding of the program and what it would take to at least make them relevant. The, the problem, though, is that they're now in the tougher Big Ten to compare, compared to the Big East back when he was there. Yeah, that's an issue. I mean, the competition level is going to be so much higher. And then, you know, a second time around is usually just not quite as easy. And then when you consider the, you know, the asterisk on kind of his, uh, or maybe I'll say the the blip on his radar, the blip on his resume. Oh, you're talking about the... the, the um, Connections to Penn, Penn State? State. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that I think it, it's obviously not good just the it being out there, but it was pretty... Um, faint connection, you know. Like, yeah, I think fair it's enough. Pretty unfair to him, but yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But I'm just saying, there's just enough there to make you kind of like, eh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it would be the greatest hire if they got him. Interesting. So you guys are kind of low on it. I mean, I don't think it's a a grand slam hire, but I I think it makes sense. And I think I'm maybe not as bullish on his resume since leaving. Um since leaving Rutgers, what he's had the the Buccaneers. I mean, who cares how you do in the NFL? And then Ohio State, he did end up kind of getting fired as their defensive coordinator. Yeah, true. But being a head coach is a, a totally different thing. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. And then I did see there's there's a lot of comparisons being drawn to uh, Randy Edsel at UConn. And obviously, that did not work out at all. But I think this is different because when Edsel got fired from Maryland, he was not at all a hot commodity. Like, no one really wanted to hire him right. as a head coach. Whereas, Shiano literally got hired by Tennessee, or yeah. pretty much. Well, so, <laughs> sort of. Well, yeah. So, so at least someone thought he was capable of, of taking a big job. So, taking a little job like Rutgers, I don't know, kind of makes sense. And he's got the connections there um, with the, the high schools in, in New Jersey and in the area. I'm sure I think the boosters like him, so maybe he could help raise money. I, I think there's a lot of reasons to think it could be a good hire. Yeah, I th- but no, I agree. I think it would be the best hire for Rutgers. Okay. Um, there are other guys. We'll, I'm sure, talk about this in the coming weeks, but guys like Lance Leopold at Buffalo. Um, Jason Candle. Eastern Mich- Jason Candle, Toledo, Chris Creighton, Eastern Michigan. All those guys seem like like good hires, so yeah. we'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, okay, let's get to our week six picks. We've got Texas as an 11 point favorite at West Virginia. What do you think here, Trey? I'm going with the Longhorns. Uh, West Virginia, they're three and one, but they lost 38 to seven against Mizzou, who's really the only good team they've faced. I think Ellinger is going to have a big game. And as you pointed out last week, Ryan, I like the fact that Ingram bo- broke out at running back as they're definitely going to need someone other than Ellinger to rely on all year. 
Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I agree, Trey. I'm going with the Longhorns. And, you know, you bring that up, Trey, and you look at uh, Ellinger's rushing touchdowns this year. He has one. And compared to, he had 16 all of last year. So, but Texas's offense is still doing well. So to me, that's maybe a positive sign that they're just not trying to kill Ellinger, you know, just get everything they can out of him. It's like, hey, we can kind of preserve him a little bit. So, yeah, I like Texas. Uh, it's a clean sweep. I've, I feel like I've been picking against Texas all year. I've been very low on them, but I don't know. I just, I, I like them in this one. I don't think Austin Kendall and the offense are efficient enough to keep up with Texas. Right now, West Virginia is 113th in yards per pass attempt and 82nd in yards per rush. Eesh, and not very but, good. Yeah. So we know Texas will put up points. So going with them. Uh, next game, Cal at Oregon. Oregon's favored 18. Ryan, who do you like? Well, Cal is obviously without Chase Garbers uh, in this one. He got the injury in the last game. And, you know, what we saw from Devin Monster was not super encouraging. Doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence in Cal right now. And I so I just don't think they can compete on the road against a good Oregon team that's got a really good defense as well. So I'm not seeing Cal being able to put up too many points. And I know Cal does have a good defense, but at some point, it gets a little frustrating watching your offense really, really struggle. So I think the Ducks have enough to uh, cover that 18 points, and uh, I'm, I'm taking them. Yeah, and I think you're right to assume that Chase Garbers will not be playing anytime soon. Yeah, but I mean, it hasn't been official, but... No, it, they haven't. <laughs> there's been no news there, but yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you'd think he'd be out for, for quite a while, which which sucks because as, as anti-Cal as I've been, not really, I, you know, I like Cal just fine, but I've been low on them. Um, but their offense seemed to be turning a little bit of a corner and we know the defense is great so you know they were seemed to be starting to prove me wrong and just when they that were ha- probably going to be five and oh and they probably would have beat arizona state had he not yeah, got hurt so they very well might have so yeah. uh definitely sucks for cal and yeah i agree devin modster has not been impressive so i'll, I'll take the ducks yeah it, it's not a good recipe when you know you're going to need to put up points against the efficient Herbert Herbert and and that Oregon offense and not to mention the Ducks defense has played outstanding this year so that's why I'm going to take Oregon as well all right next game Iowa at Michigan Michigan's favored four and a half and I'm going to take Iowa here I think we've seen three underwhelming performances now for Michigan and I'm going to need to see them put it together against somebody other than Rutgers before I get back on board. Sagarin right now has these teams about even on a neutral neutral field. And to me, that sounds about right. Like I, I know we thought Michigan was going to be this great team before the season, but I've seen enough to uh, adjust my expectations quite a bit downwards. I'm going to take the points with Iowa and what I think will be a close game. I think the exact same way as you, Michael, I just, I need Michigan to prove me wrong before I start really buying into them again. And, and Iowa is pretty comparable to Wisconsin. You know, we saw how that went for the Wolverines. So I I like Iowa too. Their defense has just been lights out and I don't really trust Patterson and the Michigan offense quite yet. We have agreed on every single pick. Ryan, are you going to, you're going to go the other way this time? No, there's no way I can go. I can pick Michigan. (laughs) Okay. Iowa's looking good too, man. I mean, they're, they're not quite maybe Wisconsin's levels because they don't have a Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but they've looked good nonetheless. So, yeah, there's no way I'm giving five with Michigan. All right, three games and no disagreements from the bros. I got a feeling we might not disagree on this one either. It's Michigan State at Ohio State. Buckeyes are favored 20. We all just saw Ohio State in person, and they looked pretty good. So, yep. Trey, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, 
it just feels like the whole world's going to take Ohio State, and I, I just can't go against him. I mean, I, <laughs> okay. I, it's not. I promise it's not a case of recency bias, but I like Ohio State. They've just been clicking on all aspects, and I think Fields' dual threat ability will allow, allow him to be successful against the good Spartans defense. And the Buckeyes' improved D, which we've all seen all year, is easily going to be able to stifle Michigan State. They're wearing black uniforms calling for the fans to wear black it's gonna be ohio state's first big home game so the fans are gonna be amped i think they win big yeah i agree with you i mean it's it's gonna be interesting to to see ohio state finally go up against i mean they haven't been going up against bad teams there's certainly been some pretty decent teams they've been going up against but to see them go against a great defense one at least one great side of the ball in michigan state so You'd think J.K. Dobbins is is not going to have as big a game as he's been having because, I mean, they might be the best run defense in particular in the country. Um, so that means maybe Justin Fields is going to have to to do it through the air. And I'm going to, you know, until proven otherwise, I'm going to assume that he's one of the best two, three, four quarterbacks in the country. So I think Ohio State's going to blow him out. And, you know, I really do not feel good about Michigan State's O-line going up against Chase Young and that defense. Oh, my gosh. So, those guys are animals. <laughs> I know Michigan State's had some some moments offensively this year, some good games, but I can't see this being one of them. No, I yeah, sorry, another clean sweep. Uh, can't can't go against you guys. It's just too big of a mismatch with when Michigan State's got the ball. I mean, we saw those guys on the defensive line for Ohio State. They are for real. Chase Young is an animal. They just did everything, anything and everything they wanted to Nebraska's line, and that line's probably pretty comparable to Michigan State's. So. It's going to be, it's going to, I think it's going to be ugly. All right. Our last big game, game day is going to be at this one. Auburn minus three at Florida. What do you think, Ryan? Well, yeah, as you mentioned to mentioned earlier, Mike, Bo Nix uh, really came out of his shell uh, finally against a good, uh, a good Mississippi State defense, uh, which is obviously a huge, huge sign for Auburn fans. And I'm going to, I'm going to ride with the hot hand here. I'm, I like Auburn. I know Kyle Trask has, has looked good thus far uh, as well in relief of, um, Felipe. Thank you, Felipe Franks. Wow. <laughs> Brain fart. Appreciate that. I was going to let him just struggle there for a longer <laughs> time. You're nice, Trey. Oh, I was too nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Trash just, you know, he's been good, but he hasn't faced an Auburn like defense. Uh, he hasn't faced a defense like Auburn's yet. They are just on another level. And I don't, I don't foresee them having a whole lot of success against them. So um, give me War Eagle. Yeah. I mean, I like what I saw from, from Bo Nix and, and one good thing, though, for the Gators is they do return a couple of injured players in this one. Corner C.J. Henderson's coming back and defensive end Jabari Zaniga. But I just can't get over the fact that Auburn looked so good in their road win at A&M. They passed that road road test. I think they're going to do the same in the Swamp. So I also am I'm on Auburn. All right. This is our last pick of the big games. I'm finally going to disagree with you guys. I, oh, wow. Yeah. This point spread I, surprised me a little bit. I I definitely think Auburn is is a better team than Florida right now, but not quite enough to to pick them as a three-point road favorite at the Swamp. Like you said, Ryan, Kyle Trask is is playing pretty well. I, you know, I, I don't see I, – I, I thought it was going to be a bigger downgrade than, than it has been so far. And I like the pass rush with Jonathan Grenard and, like you said, Trey Jabari Zuniga back healthy. So I think they're going to make things difficult for Bo Nix. I'd pick Auburn if it were a pick 'em, but um, at Florida, game day there, great atmosphere. I'll, I'll take the points. It took us quite a while to get to a disagreement. It did. 
Uh, okay, let's get to the honorable mentions. Go ahead, Trey. All right, first off, we got UCF minus four and a half at Cincinnati. This game is on Friday night. This is probably going to be the toughest defense Dylan Gabriel and UCF have faced so far. Cincinnati's coming in off of an impressive, dominant road win at Marshall. A lot of people kind of wrote off Cincinnati after being shut out to Ohio State, but as we've seen, that's not a big deal. Nippert State will be rocking. I'm going to take the points with the Bearcats and actually make them my lock of the week. Next one is Purdue at Penn State. Penn State's currently favored 27.5. We touched on it earlier about just the injury, massive injury bug that, that Purdue's been bit by. And, you know, with 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 all their, their losses, Penn State seems to maybe have found something on offense last week. They're playing with confidence. I just don't see how Purdue has any chance. I'm going to actually lay all those points with Penn State. Next one, Okie State is favored 10 points at Texas Tech. Spencer Sanders didn't really play all that great against Kansas State, but he didn't need to. As I mentioned, Chuba Hubbard went went wild on the ground. I don't think he's going to struggle this week as he gets to play against that Red Raiders defense, and especially with them being fresh off of a brutal game at Oklahoma. I don't see Jet Duffy doing enough to beat the Pokes, so I'm going to lay the points with Oklahoma State. Finally, Northwestern at Nebraska. The Huskers are currently an eight-point favorite. It's going to be interesting to see how the Huskers bounce back after their their tough loss. I think they'll look better, but how much is the question? And really, it's a huge game for Nebraska because if they lose here, they could they could potentially lose the season. And Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald had a great quote in his press conference. The defense that they have, it's great defense. The defense is getting tired of the offensive's lack of production. So I don't see Hunter Johnson lining it up, but they went to Madison and were competitive. So I'm going to take the points with Northwestern here. Think Hunter Johnson plays? We'll find out. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Good, good remark. <laughs> <laughs> great analysis. Uh, my first game is Baylor at Kansas State. K-State's favored two. And I'm going to take Ryan's Big 12 champion, Baylor in this one oh yeah yeah k-state's offense just got shut down by okie state and that's not good it's not and their best win at mississippi state suddenly isn't looking that great so baylor's the pick virginia tech at miami miami's favored 13 and a half we thought this would be a huge game coming into the year maybe decide the division but virginia tech is clearly not in that race so i like miami coming off of a bye and you know virginia tech just seems to me like a team that I cannot bet on right now, you know, kind of like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like Louisville last year. I mean, they're probably not that bad, but I don't know. There's not a lot of good karma around the program. Ryan Willis and the offense have been really disappointing. Um, so I don't see them doing much against a, a solid Miami defense, Utah state at LSU, LSU's favored 27 and a half. I like Utah state to cover LSU's defense is not 100% right now. A lot of guys dealing with injuries. I know they just had a buy to, to, you know get back to health but maybe they'll use this game to get back to health too because it's probably going to be a, a fairly easy victory if, if all goes to plan so maybe they'll uh, rest some of those good defensive players that are coming off injuries so i think they'll win but i like jordan love and the utah state running game to do enough to cover and i'm gonna make that my lock Ooh, wow okay tcu at o- iowa state iowa state's favorite three and a half Max Duggan has had a, a couple of good games this year, but I definitely do not trust him yet against a good defense, and Iowa State is going to be by far the best defense he's played, so I'll take Brock Purdy and the Cyclones at home. 
Alrighty, my first game, we got Arizona at Colorado, who is favored by three and a half right now. Big news here is uh, the injuries on both sides. Khalil Tate is questionable with an ankle and hamstring, and then the running back, J.J. Taylor, is also questionable. And then you look over the other side, the Buffs might be without their best offensive and defensive players with LaVisca Chenault and Mustafa Johnson questionable. So some some injury concerns there, but Steven Montez will play. So that's why I'm going to take Colorado. Uh, moving on to Georgia at Tennessee. Georgia's favored uh, 25 right now, and uh, Kirby Smart feels pretty good about where the Vols are going right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're playing really hard. Yeah, you can see something's changing, huh? Yeah, some nice coach speak. Yeah, very nice coach speak. I'm not buying it. I'm taking Georgia here. Tennessee, what, the last time out, they lost by 31 to Florida. I think Georgia wins big. Uh, then we got Pitt at Duke. Uh, Duke's favored uh, five and a half right now. I really like Duke in this one. Uh, Quinton, um, uh, wow, why am I blanking on these guys? <laughs> Harris. Man, Quinton Harris. Oh, Trey, why you got to do that? Why you got to oh, do that? I yeah, know what you're, I, you're oh, man, out, I'm Trey. way too nice tonight. Yeah, thanks, Trey. Uh, Quentin Harris is going to have a huge advantage in the QB position there over Pickett, or if he's decide if he can come back this week. So give me give me the Blue Devils at home. And my last game we got uh, Washington's minus fourteen and a half at Stanford. I am really liking uh, UW here. Stanford was very very lucky to win at Oregon State last week. They were just outplayed there. Um, I don't think there's any chance that they uh, they keep it close against UW, so I'm going to take UW and make them my lock. All right, that'll do it for our week six picks. And we usually end the show here with a questionable finish, but I've got a feeling that we shouldn't do that. You do? I think the clairvoyant bros should end the show. What do you guys say? Yeah, I'm feeling it. I sense that you're correct. All right, take it away, clairvoyant bros. a very strong feeling this past weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska, as I was watching Ohio State just do anything they wanted in our game. I'm seeing them in the future, holding the crystal ball, winning the college football playoff. Oh, wow. They don't even have the crystal ball anymore. I know. That's why it's so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's quite a vision. They're going back in time and winning. winning That's incredible. Wow. They're that good. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm seeing... A stiff arm. I'm seeing a stiff arm trophy. Oh, it's 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 Tua and Jalen Hurts. Oh. It's going to be the closest margin of ever in the Heisman voting history. But Tua ends OU's Heisman run. That is incredible, Trey. We do not you know I, I of course knew you were going to say that. Um, but I still decided to go with what I came up with. I see the Heisman Trophy vote between t- Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavaloa ending in a tie. Oh my Ooh. gosh. We must have visited the same place in the spiritual realm. I actually was a little hazy on who wins the tiebreaker because I couldn't find the, the tiebreaker rules online. I mean, I mean, in the spiritual realm, but mm-hmm. of course, I'll trust your judgment. So even in the spiritual realm, I'm still left out of things. Sorry, Ryan. Mm, man, life's rough. Why don't you give us another vision, Ryan? Okay. Hmm, for this one, I'm seeing the Rio Grande state. Oh. Yeah. The battle for New Mexico? I, I learned that last week. <laughs> <laughs> Except this time they're on the road. New Mexico is going to upset San Jose State in San Jose. 
Wow. Wow. An incredible upset. I, I see Illini and Gophers. I like Illinois as a 14-point underdog to Minnesota. The Gophers don't win by much very often. In fact, every game is close. Illinois coming in off of a bye week. I just don't trust the Golden Gophers. I like the spirits of the Fighting Illini. Great pick. I actually had a, a spiritual gathering today at lunch with some fellow psychics, and we were at a very sacred place, very, very sacred, Panda Express. And I looked into my bowl of rice, and I saw a W.、Hmm. The Rice Owls are going to beat UAB as a nine-point underdog. Wow! Was it orange chicken?、Uh, <laughs> no, it was the rice, Ryan. Ah,、oh, okay. All right. Wow. It's a great reading. Muy bien, Trey. That was、uh, that was pretty crazy. That we.、Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess we're both psychics, so we would see the same thing happening. But wow, <laughs> we did. We did. We.、Uh, it's amazing. It really is. The spirits were in the aligned. I really、uh, could not find though what happens if two guys tied. I was trying to find that online, and I just I could not find it. So if somebody out there knows what happens, I assume the tiebreakers like first place votes, probably rock paper scissors. You think rock paper scissors? Yeah, that might. Yeah, that could be it. It's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That would be the most anticipated rock paper scissors ever. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great.、Um, all right, well, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CFB Bros and on Instagram at College Football Bros. Enjoy the football this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros@gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.